Seven footers gang, what is up? We are back, Gerard and Jenna. You guys know the drill by now. We don't gotta be doing it all out here. Doing the most, you know, what most people would say I do. But how we doing over there, Gerard? Good, no complaints. You know, NBA action, fantastic as always. Lots happening in and around the association. Oh, Gerard, I mean, what isn't happening at this point? I mean. This might be one of the juiciest seasons yet. Mm, And we're not even at Christmas. Like not even at Christmas yet. They're doing the most, actually. And you know who's (laughs) doing the most? You guys down uh in the BK. (laughs) Because like there's always something new to talk about. There are do you notice there are teams we have not even spoken about in I know weeks. A long time. Because we're like, because the Nets are constantly trying to set the world on fire. <laughs> Literally trying to steal all the goddamn thunder out here. Like yep, yep. Some other people eat. But yeah, let's talk about this because we have Kyrie Irving on the brink of missing his seventh game as we record this on Tuesday. And we don't know when he's coming back. There's no timetable. The minimum suspension was five games. So that was one check off that requirement list so now he still has to quote unquote do the work mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. josai recently told the posts brian lewis so mm-hmm. you know then Jalen brown comes out celtics of course kyrie Irving's old teammate mm-hmm. he doesn't sound happy about these comments but he hasn't been happy about the way the situation has been handled in general he's vice president of the mbpa y'all know that mm-hmm. and he just basically came out you know small summary here because the quotes were a lot he said you know joe Sai has work to do society has work to do mm-hmm. um and you know that joe Sai's comment about him saying that kyrie has work to do is alarming to him Mm-hmm. You know, we oh, as I look down at this article on the post, I'm seeing your face talking. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, but back to the business here. I mean, what do you make of all this? I mean, you have the MBPA that isn't happy about this. You have Adam Silver that said he doesn't believe that Kyrie's, you know, anti-Semitic. Like, mm-hmm. what do we even make of this at this point? And hello, the basketball point of this, outside of everything else, when is Kyrie Irving coming back? Well, that's the thing, Jenna. I don't know. Look, and this is the challenge of when you put out a list of sort of requirements that someone must do um, before they return to to action, right? Particularly someone like Kyrie, right? Who, you know, he's defiant. He's all those different things. So it's kind of like, oh, are we sure we know what's going on here? You know, is he going to comply to all these rules and what have you? So I don't know. Um, it, it, it seems like there is many steps he has to take on the way yeah. back. Um, and, you know, there's a level of sort of bowing down and contrition that I think Josiah is looking for him to say. They want him to come out and disavow the, the the documentary and the parts that are anti-Semitic. And I don't know that Kyrie's going to do that. I mean, you know what I've said for a long time, Jenna, all this to me just basically seems like an easy way to be like, Oh, Kyrie didn't comply with what we said. We're not bringing him back. Right. I mean, that to me seems like what it is because if this gets involved, <laughs> if the MVP, if the MBPA, excuse me, gets involved and they file a grievance on his behalf, it's just going to get ugly. And again, the Nets, there's going to be more distraction in the way for a team that's actually been playing well without Kyrie. Yeah, I mean, perfect segue. They are playing well without Kyrie. So, I mean, 
more incentive in this contract year, which is so crucial for him, for them to move on. I mean, hey, if you want, if you can, if you think it's feasible, I mean, at yeah. this point, you've got people saying, you know, let's blow the whole thing up. So, as I've said, as I've said, exactly. Because the reality of it is, Jenna, is that as well as they're playing right now, this team with KD and some role players, and that, that's not, uh, that ain't it. You know what I mean? That That, that is not going to, win you anything if that is what the, the goal of this team is but my position is you're not going to win this year anyway even if Kyrie does come back so why not get a jump start on the rebuild process see what you can get for Kyrie not much because he's radioactive and then Durant's still playing like an all NBA caliber MVP caliber player trade Kevin Durant you get back young players and draft capital which you need right because you got none Guess who else is also going to be valuable come the trade deadline? Seth Curry and Joe Harris. Want to know why? They can shoot. Teams love and need shooting come the playoffs. You can Lakers. Fine, whatever. You can replenish your draft stock, and that rebuild can happen much sooner and much better than you originally anticipated. So me personally, that's what I would do if I was the Nets, because in this current iteration, this is not going to work. I mean, we could call the Thunder about this, but I think – they got lots of draft picks. <laughs> I think, well, other than that, I think teams are low-key afraid to be the team that traded Kevin Durant. You know I mean, what I mean? For sure, for sure. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a strange thing, but it wouldn't be a thing where you blindside him, right? Uh, Sean Marks and Joe Sy would go to Rich and Kevin and say, all right, look, this ain't this ain't working out for us. Let's figure out what makes sense for you, and we'll 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 we'll, we'll get you back to where you need to go. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's stick to the business here quick. They got a new coach. So we said, you said too, that they're playing well. They're gelling mm-hmm. well together. Mm-hmm. How do, what do we think about this fit? Are they buying into this system? Well, look, the, the, the biggest thing is, Jenna, they're competing and trying on the defensive end, right? Let's just, let's just call it what it is. And when teams do that, right, they, all of a sudden the coaching looks a lot better. But the effort is there that was not there under Steve Nash for whatever reason. All right. Durant's playing like a two-way dynamo, right? Blocking shots, challenging guys defensively. You know, everyone on the floor. And again, Kyrie, who's a liability defensively, has not been on the floor. And everybody's guarding and playing hard, right? And they're playing for one another. With Durant being the really the own, the lone offensive hub can create his own shot. And for others, teams are sending double and triple teams at him. And he's moving the ball. They're swinging it. And they're finding open guys. Guys are cutting. Again, all well and good. And things look great. All what I think it does is it plays up the value again. Not that people need to know this, but you know, Durant's really good. Let's get him on our squad again. You get back picks, young talent, and you can really your rebuild won't be as long as you thought it would be. Hey, doesn't sound like a bad plan. I again, I always told you you're going to be a GM. I don't know for listen, what team. Listen, you're going to be doing it. I, 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 I'm in. I'm in. Someone hire me. Look, look out for that. I'm ready. GM. I do love it. it. <laughs> I'm excited. And then I'm going to be like, I know that guy. Hire me. <laughs> yeah. And you, and you can come all the, all the games, all the games. <laughs> oh, I've always wanted to sit courtside and be that cool. <laughs> Thank God. I know the owner. Um, okay. Let's uh, move on here because we're keeping it short and sweet. That's our style, our new style. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Joel Embiid because mm-hmm. I feel like we've been talking about how the Sixers just can't get over this hump, no matter how good Joel Embiid is, whatever, blah, 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 blah. However, he put on a historic performance the other night in a win over the Jazz. I'm talking 59 points, mm-hmm. 11 rebounds, eight assists, seven blocks. I mean, that was the highest point total uh, 
in a game. He made mm-hmm. history, all those fun facts mm-hmm. that I'm not reading at the, this point. <laughs> but, I mean, talk about showing out. Best game of his career. I mean, the thing is, obviously, you're not going to come out and do this on an every night basis. Right. But what do you got to say about this? Well, look, I mean, Embiid is twice finished runner-up for MVP. Um, he is a devastating uh player on both ends of the floor offensively and defensively for his size maybe one of the most skilled players um in league history and when he has the disposition to dominate it's really hard to guard him he's just too big and too strong and too skilled right like this is Giannis this is Jokic this is peak LeBron peak KD right like these guys that are just so otherworldly like when they're cooking and when, and when they're playing with the disposition to dominate, I should say, not a whole lot you can do defensively to stop them, right? Um, so, look, awesome job by Embiid. And if the Sixers are going to compete, which people think they still can, they're going to need not 59 points a night because that's not realistic, but they're going to need Embiid to show up every night with the disposition to dominate, particularly while Harden's out with his injury, right? And again, remember I told you last week, I don't know how long – Doc Rivers is long for that job, right? If things don't, if the, if things don't really start turning themselves around in terms of how they're playing on both sides of the ball. Interesting stuff. I mean, we shall see again. Harden makes me nervous, man. <laughs> Especially with every game that goes by, because we know the postseason isn't his time that he shines. I mean, the thing is, Jenna, if he plays the role of okay, when he when he first got to Brooklyn, he was perfect. Kevin's the guy. Carries two, I play off, I play off them. So he's doing his facilitating thing, get everybody involved. And when you do that, he has energy for the fourth quarter so he can hit big shots and step up and help with the scoring load in the fourth. That's what he needs to do on the 76ers team. Joel and Tyrese Maxey, they eat first. What about hunting my own shot? Let me set everybody up, get everybody involved. Then come fourth quarter, I'm not gassed because I haven't been carrying the team the whole three quarters. Now I can step in and do my thing. If he does that, the Sixers are fine. The question is, is he going to be healthy enough? Can they do that? Can they play enough defense? All the other ancillary things around that team. And we'll see. Again, we're still early in the season, 14, 15 games in. But, you know, we're getting to the quarter point soon, right, which will be 20. And then roughly a little bit post-Christmas, we'll be at about the halfway point, right? We'll be at about 41 games. And when we're at that, that's when it's like, all right, who's doing what? Where are we at? You love to see it. You love to see it. Yeah, nice work out of Embiid there. So hopefully, you know, they can continue on that trajectory. All right, let's talk about the Clippers because little rumors be flying around today that they are looking to target Miles Turner on the market. Now, Miles Turner's name has been floating around for, because for, for years, it seems like. Every year, Miles Turner's name gets up in trade. Literally, trade even Miles Turner spoke about the rumors about Miles Turner. I'll get to that in a second. But, yeah, all started with the Lakers. They were apparently in serious talks with the Pacers about some blockbuster deal to ship Russ out of there. But, of course, now he's basically sixth man of the year. So, awesome. problem solved, apparently. <laughs> so, brush those rumors aside. He comes out on the Woj podcast and says, you know, basically that the Lakers, you know, take a look at this deal. You should you should get me. I can shoot. I can do everything. Ba, 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 triple threat. Mm-hmm. Now... The Clippers are apparently rumored to be, you know, interested in targeting him on the market, which is interesting because they are looking to replace Isaiah Hartenstein, so who signed a deal with the Knicks. So what the heck is going on here, Gerard? Help your girl out. I mean, look, it, it 
saying you're talking about acquiring Miles Turner, I mean, who isn't, right? I mean, he's a rim-protecting, three-point shooting big, right? He works in the modern NBA if you want to play uh, five-out offensively, right? So, I mean, yeah, of course you want to get him. The question, if you're the Pacers, is do we want to just let him get away for nothing, right? Um, and not nothing, you know, do we want to trade him? Because this, the Pacers are better than they likely thought they'd be this year. Um, now, again, it's early. Are they going to want to, you know, I said this last week, organizations tank, players don't, right? Do they want to get into the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes? Right now they're 6-6 six and six and at 500, right? Maybe, perhaps they do. And if they do, all right, let's see what we can do. Let's trade Miles Turner, get back some draft picks, what have you, because they seem to have their backcourt of the future with Tyrese Halliburton and Benedict Matherin, right? That's even though Chris Duarte starts and Matherin comes off the bench, it looks like the future backcourt will be Halliburton and Matherin. Okay, if you get that going and they think we're going to get into the draft lottery, we want to get Victor Wembanyama. I mean, that's a hell of a, a trio right there to build on, Victor and, and, those, and those two. Um, but again, you know, it depends on what the organization is thinking, and that could be the direction they're going in. And if it is, yeah, then Miles Turner doesn't really fit with your timeline, but you can get back a haul, right? Some draft capital, maybe some other young talent. Um, so if I'm Indiana, of course I'm listening, but you know, we're going to let this play out. January 15th rolls around, then we'll start seeing who's saying what, where we're looking, and you know, what teams are really desperate for shooting in a big. Yeah, interesting stuff. Again, uh, Clippers, Clipper Nation, Kawhi's still out there. So, yeah, and that you know, Jennifer, for the Clippers, I need someone. Ka- Kawhi, you know, he hasn't played uh, in, in a bit. And Ty Lue said the other day that you know we knew we'd have to be slow monitoring his comeback from this. But watch that, right? Like they want to. He's not going to play back to backs and all that. But they've got to get him into some kind of a regular rhythm, whatever that is. Um, if this team anticipates being a contender, because if he's not playing. <laughs> They're not a contender. 1,000%. All right. uh, More contenders here staying in the West. So let's Mm. talk about the Warriors. Uh, You know, it's something new with them every week, it seems like, too. (laughs) A lot of people shocked over this move. Uh, Steve Kerr comes out and says that James Wiseman is headed to Santa Cruz down Mm -hmm. to the G League Mm -hmm. to uh, for an extensive period of time to get, Mm -hmm. quote, Play a lot of minutes, get a lot of reps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, all right. This is great. He said he's going to make his way back in lineup eventually. But uh, why is everybody shocked about this? What's what's the tea? I mean, everyone shouldn't be shocked, right? I mean, he has not played well um, in his stints. The, the problem is, Jenna. The expectation is just so high for some well, reason. Well, he's a number two pick, right? So there's that. that that's number one. He was, the, he was the number two pick a few years ago in the draft. So they want him to be good. Right. The Warriors are also in win now mode, right? Stephen Curry is playing like an MVP out of his mind. Draymond Green and Klay Thompson are, are older. This team just won a championship in June, right? Less than six, six months ago. Mm-hmm. They need to figure out, since they got rid of a lot of their veterans and Otto Porter Jr. and Nemanja Bielitz and Gary Payton II, and they're going on this two timelines path of, all right, we're going to develop the young kids and at the same time win now. Okay, but young kids make mistakes. And... The only way they're going to learn is by playing because you don't the NBA the way the season is they don't practice it, 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 there's too many games there's, there's no time for practice so when they make mistakes it's going to happen in games and it's going to cost you wins <laughs> and losses and if the Warriors want to repeat as champions right now James Wiseman is not a player who can contribute to winning a championship right now can he be that in the future for sure it seems like he has the tools to but again they don't have 
20, 30 games to continue losing, you know, and go 10 and 20 or 15 and 15 or whatever the case may be while he's learning on the job. So he's going to go down to Santa Cruz. And by the way, smart teams do this. And every team in the NBA should do this. You have a G League for a reason, a G League affiliate team for a reason. The smart franchises, Jenna, the same offensive and defensive systems that they run at the NBA level, their G League teams do the same thing. They keep it as a connective tissue. So when they send a player down to the G League, it isn't like they're doing something totally different. They're running the same stuff they're going to run when they get back up to the big club. That's what the Warriors are hoping. With the way the G League is set up, they don't have 82 games. It's the same kind of run the NBA has. They have a ton of practice time. And Wiseman needs reps. Let's not forget, this is a kid who played like three college games, okay, before he before he was done. His first year, he missed a ton of time with injury. Right? I mean, he missed a ton of time. Like he doesn't, he does not have the reps. You know, the only way you get better, Jenna, is with reps. And we've just said he can't get the reps at the NBA level because it's leading to losing basketball. He's got to get them somewhere. Okay, go down to the G League, run the same stuff we're running. You're gonna get the ball as much as you want you get all the different things and you're going to learn how to play this style and the system we need and get you reps so that after that extended run Kerr can call him back up and see how he's doing and what he's picked up and learned jordan Poole played in the g league kevon looney had three stints in the g league uh, as a member of the warriors good organizations do this they use their g league for player development that's what this is about this is a player development story Wiseman has to develop into a better player. The talent is there. He's just not playing at the level he needs to for the Warriors to win right now. Yes, an interesting point, intriguing point that you make there. Um, Unfortunately, though, there are teams that do not utilize their G League teams the way the Warriors do. Most teams don't. doesn't make sense to me. So I mean, it's right there. It's just, it's it's ridiculous to me. I'm like, it's right there. Yeah. (laughs) You want to do a player, excuse me, about player development, Right there. Use the G League. But, you know, uh, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) A whole other pod that we can do that on. All right. We got to get to the real news for you anyway. Um, (laughs) Your guy, the seven-footers guy, Mm -hmm, Triple mm -hmm. J, Jaron Jackson Jr., could make his or is going to make his debut uh, Tuesday against the Pelicans. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Hasn't played since the playoffs last season after Mm -hmm. that right foot surgery. Um, Are you okay? (laughs) I'm fine. I'm excited. Look, the the, the Grizzlies, their defense has been struggling, right? Um, Without Jaron Jackson Jr., who was all defensive team last year. They're 17th in defense. You know, uh, not good, right? This is a team uh, last year that was sixth in in just a defensive rating. So they've got some work to do now. Jaron alone isn't going to do that, but he's going to be a big piece of this. So I'm very excited he's back. You know, I want to make sure that and that the staff and Taylor Jenkins are doing the right thing and they're not going to all of a sudden play him 40 minutes, right? It's like you got to work him in, get a this difference between conditioning and playing pickup or five on five with the stay ready group and playing NBA basketball. He's going to need a little bit of time to work himself back into shape timing wise and all that. But that's a welcome sight for them. Um, and they're going to need it, Jenna, because Desmond Bain is out um it was just revealed earlier today that he has a strain a grade two strain in his right toe and he's going to be reevaluated the next two to three weeks so out of all the toes which which you need right it's a (laughs) 
And the, the problem with that, of course, is that that's reevaluation in two to three, not he's going to play in two to three. Yes. Right. So he could be out for a month. And Bain, by the way, was playing like an all-star. Like he's going to make the all-star team this year. Like um, he's playing lights out. Like 25 points. Yeah. Uh, shooting like 46% from three on volume. Like he's yeah. insane. Yeah. Huge loss for them. Huge. So they're going to need not only Jaron's defense, they're going to need Jaron on offense as well to help take some of the load off of um, John Morant. And it won't be just, you know, Trip alone. It'll have to be other guys on the team. Uh, Zaire Williams, whenever he comes back. So it's going to be Dylan Brooks, (laughs) not trying to sabotage and take over the whole offense, Dylan Brooks, but hit timely shots and some of the young guys. And again, this this is your challenge, Jenna, when veterans move away from the team. So Gone from this team, Kyle Anderson, DeAnthony Melton, right? Okay, you're going to say, oh, not household names, but vets that know how to play. And taking their place now are rookies. Santi Aldama, uh, Roddy, um, oh, God, I was going to say Roddy Rich. <laughs> not, not Roddy Rich. Hey. But David Roddy, excuse me. <laughs> um, right? and, and And Kenneth Lofton Jr., young guys who – may have promise and potential, but they ain't ready to contribute to winning right now, right? And so this is this is what happens in the league. So, yeah, Jaron coming back is huge. Dylan Brooks have to play big. Jones off the bench are going to need guys to step up and play smart Memphis Grizzlies basketball. I have no doubt that they will. Excited the trip's back for that game tonight in uh, – I'm sorry, not in New Orleans, but against New Orleans tonight in the Pelicans. No Zion, though, unfortunately, in this game. Yeah, no Zion. Um, interesting stuff, too, with the Grizzlies because, I mean – could you imagine a fully healthy Grizzlies team? And you see the videos online. They're all hype. They're all yeah, like they're the is, vibe of this team. Oh, team vibes. They are. Listen, the Grizzlies, they're like a college team, right? Everybody gets the whole yeah. team. Goes in the goes in the, the walk-off videos at the end. Culture, Jenna. Like, that's the substitute that you can't recreate, right? And you see that in contrast to other teams around the league, like the Minnesota Timberwolves. Not a whole lot of rah-rah hugging going on over there, right? Like The Nets. The, the Nets. Although, Nets have been way better lately, right? And surprisingly, better when Kyrie's not been around. Hmm. You know, just, just putting that out there. The Lakers haven't been that, right? Like, there is, when the team is connected and everybody wants to play for their other guy, it, it just makes basketball more fun, right? And this yeah. is a long season. But if people don't get along and it's, it's going to get ugly and it's going to be unfortunate. And so, yes, team vibes are great down at, down in Memphis. I'm excited for that. Keep my eye on the Desmond Bain injury, but looking forward to watching Trip uh, get back tonight. Oh, yes. You guys know he's our guy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that's that's all we have. That's all she wrote. Mm-hmm. It's all she wrote. You guys know where to find us. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, SoundCloud. All that at 7footerspod on Twitter, at 7footerspodcast on Instagram, at JS Hector, at Gentleman Selly. And until next time, peace.